Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, everybody, to the WP Tonic Show. My name is Adrian. I am the CEO and founder of Groundhog, and we're here today with a lovely guest, Sikander, from Tutor LMS, and I'm also joined by my co-host, Jonathan. Jonathan, just want to pop in and say hi there. Oh, hi there, folks, and this is episode 474 as well. Thank you, and Sikander, why don't you just pop in and say hi as well? Hi, I'm Sikander Bajsha from Tutor LMS Plugin. Awesome. This episode of the WP Tonic Show is brought to you by Kinsta, probably one of WordPress's greatest hosts. If you are using WordPress for your business and uh, hosting is a very, very, very important part of that, you are essentially married to your host for a long period of time. And whenever you switch hosts, it's kind of like getting a divorce and it can be an arduous and very like taxing process and an expensive one. Uh, just like the real thing. So if you want to get yourself into a long-term relationship with a host that will last probably your lifetime uh, and is just a an, an wonderful place to be and they make you feel loved and they'll make you dinner and cook you eggs and breakfast. I mean, they won't do that, but it feels like that when you log into their very, very nice user interface to do all of your WordPress management in their backend. They have an excellent probably a top rate, one of the top rated, and at least in my opinion, support teams available out there in order to get your problems resolved as quickly as possible. So if you're interested in finding out more about the relationship, the hosting relationship of your dreams, head on over to kinsta.com and let them know that you heard about them on the WP Tonic show. Alrighty. So Sikander, why don't you just tell us a little about your background, your role at Tutor LMS, and, and how you got started in the WordPress community. Okay. I started uh, in the WordPress community back in 2012 when I was in my college. Or in America, you can say it was high school. So in my high school days, I was a translator for WordPress.com and WordPress.org. So I start, uh, started my journey from there. I've also worked for open source projects like Mozilla and for a Linux project like Linux Mint or like for Ubuntu. So all the Bangladeshi communities, Southeast Asian communities, I have worked with them remotely and in person or workshops. And that was my childhood days. And after that, I started with some customer support job at a company named VDevs, you know, Dokan plugin. So that was my first WordPress company. And later I have moved uh, to a couple of companies and my current company is Themium. It's a brand of Joom Shaper. Joom Shaper works with Joomla products and it's one of the top three companies in the world. So Themium is just a brand of Joom Shaper and Themium builds uh, plugins and themes. Uh, as I am talking about Tutor LMS, so I want to give a background about Tutor LMS, where it came from. It came from a theme because you know from the company name Themium. So we were basically known for themes and we were planning for an educational theme named Edumax. And for the theme, we were building a system. And later we realized that we can make it a standalone system and remove the dependency from themes. So this is how Tutor LMS started. And Tutor LMS is a learning, learning management system, kind of like Lifter LMS or LearnDash, right? Yes, Tutor LMS is uh, quite similar to LearnDash and Lyft LMS. So your expertise is in the uh, in the support area, the communications area. Uh, often some of the most overlooked aspects of running a business, uh, everybody wants to like, you know, start up a plugin business or start up a, a learning management business. 
Uh, and they're like, well, I'm going to, you know, host this content on the internet and uh, I'm going to put it, put it, kind of put it out there. I'm going to, you know, collect all of the money that people are going to pay me for. And then all of a sudden they get an email. It's like, my login's not working. <laughs> and that's kind of yeah. like where the support conversation is like, oh, I didn't sign up for that. Uh, and I learned that the hard way when I started developing plugins and, and running my first business. It's like, oh my God, there's like mountains of support. And uh, so that's a lot of uh, where you're familiar with. So I'd love yes. to, yeah. So I'd love to know uh, some of the kind of like expectations people should have. You know, a lot of people that listen to the show are in building mode, right? They're, they're pre-launch. Uh, they uh, are kind of like how I was. They're, they're excited to launch and start collecting money and getting customers. What expectations would you set for these people once they've actually launched the products in terms of, you know, what, what support they or what support systems they should have in place in order to avoid kind of like being absolutely crushed by people asking for help. Okay. So I tried to be an entrepreneur for two times. So I also know how it fails and how to fail and how to fail better. So I always tried. <laughs> Entrepreneurship is just like, is just, you know, exceeding or just like multiple steps of failure. And every time you just fail a little bit less and you, until you're eventually there, like that's entrepreneurship yes. right there. Uh, I had too much confidence because I have been working in the industry for like uh, four or five years. So I thought I know everything and I can start a company of my own. So I always try to find the ideas from the customer support forum, like WordPress.org forum or like a ready trade, or there are multiple uh, support forum of other companies. Those are open to the public. So I, always try to look from there and try to find a problem. It can be a very simple and silly problem. I have a plugin called uh, change add to cart button text for WooCommerce. That's a six line code and six line code plugin <laughs> that has 4,000 active installs. So I found <laughs> the idea for uh, from a support forum for WooCommerce and I copied the code from WooCommerce documentation and turned it into a plugin so that people can just uh, one click and install the code and customize it from the settings panel. So this is how I found my idea for first plugin. And currently, I also try to look at the support forums uh, from computer plugins or other products. Or like uh, I always try to align with the top plugins like WooCommerce or Jetpack or other products. So I try to find out the problems of the customers or people that are struggling with. So this is where the uh, product research or product idea research begins. It is not that uh, when you think that at midnight that I found something, Eureka not the Eureka moment. The Eureka moment might work or might not work because you don't know people it uh, does it need yet or not. The case with Kubli, our Gutenberg plugin, this is, we thought that people might need it or it might be a valuable product for the future. But TutorLMS, it started from a cause or started from a problem because none of the uh, LMS solutions had a front-end interface. None of the uh, plugins did not have integrated add-on system or none of the existing plugins had a extensive solutions so that people can customize from their own themes or customize their own way they want. So this is how TutorLMS started, from problems, from solving problems. And when we are moving on or when we are trying to get sales, that also comes from people. So we tried to find out where people hang out where people stay regularly or discuss their problems regularly. There are 
multiple groups like WP Crafter or MartechWise. There are a couple of Facebook groups that I found. Some of my friends introduced to the groups. So I went to them and asked, uh, would you be interested in a lifetime deal? You know that uh, we ran a lifetime deal and that was a very good starting point point for us. So that also helped. So I tried to find people who are facing problem. I tried to find people who are willing to buy something, a good solution, a better solution, and that they can invest for a long time. And currently, I have a Facebook group for TutorLMS. So in the group, I discuss what is the next thing you are expecting or how do you like our uh, latest integration? Like we have released integration for Oxygen Builder recently. So I tried to understand how they're using that and what problems they're facing. And I tried to post a poll so that they can respond that uh, this is how we expect or this is the problems we are facing. So depending on that or based on those feedback, I try to set up the meetings with the uh, company because I am the customer advocate there. So depending on those feedback, we decide our next roadmap or next plan for products. So uh, you can see from the starting point, from the selling point, or from planning the future, everywhere people are involved, everywhere the users are involved, everywhere we're trying to solve the problem. It's not just, you know, I come up with a great product idea, launch it, and then it's just immediately while successful. There's you, you specifically have outlined like a... a several different steps of research and development and then actually like communicating with your community in order to get feedback on on what they'd actually find useful, right? Yes. People are always there to help you. So uh, there's nothing to be worried about. Awesome. Jonathan? Right. So when it comes to learning management systems, what do you think are some of the leading trends that um, in e-learning and around learning management systems? Okay, the recent major challenge we are facing at this moment with video hosting, you know that video sizes are quite big and the hostings also need dedicated bandwidth. So that is a problem. And another problem comes with video is protecting the videos or having uh, copyrights or uh, protecting them from downloading or video piracy. So these are the major problems we're trying to solve at this moment. Uh, One problem we have... uh, solve already. That is, if you upload the videos directly to your WordPress hosting or upload directly from uh, MP4 source. So uh, we mask the URL through a JavaScript. So it is masked for every single user. So no one can download it. And for the hosting part, we are still trying to figure out an easy way to integrate Amazon SES or like Google Cloud or everything so that we can have a bulk pricing for our users and make setup uh, more smooth and they can start more smoothly like any other for hosted solutions. So are you saying people want to move away from YouTube and Vimeo traditionally and and start doing a lot of self-hosting videos? Yes, YouTube is a public platform. So there are too many downloaders for YouTube, too many browser extensions for YouTube or for Vimeo because those are common platforms. So those are very easy to get pirated or leaked or copied. People often download videos and upload on Torrent or they host on their own site and try to sell, resell their products. Like there's a $40 course on Udemy, they download and try to sell it for $5. So this is a very common case these days. So this is why we do not uh, encourage users to go to Vimeo. Instead, we try to encourage them to go for WooPlayer or for Publitio or for Wistia or for other famous video hosting services that uh, tries to protect the content as much as possible. Right. So is there, uh, so out of, so it, when, when does piracy actually, when does video piracy actually become a problem? Uh, is, do you have like any any reference for when someone should actually consider investing time and resources into protecting their content? 
Uh, when you're just beginning to develop your content, like you're developing content for musicians, you're developing content for artists, or you're developing content for corporate clients, uh, these cases are very rare because these audience are not that much techy and they won't go to torrent sites or they won't go to some other cheap or unknown sites. Rather than that, they will try to go to Udemy or any other famous site or to a famous course. So uh, in those cases, there is nothing to be worried about piracy. They can easily use YouTube or Vimeo or any other platform they want. And in these cases, they also often don't get uh, that much big of traffic. And if there is big traffic, they can always afford Amazon hosting. So the piracy happens for tech courses, like for programming courses or for like uh, web development courses, because those people know how to uh, download those content or host those content or uh, make them copyright less. So this is when the issue starts. So if you are trying to go big and if you are a big brand, then you should think from beginning. But if you're just starting out for web development resources or for WordPress resources for beginners, you don't need to worry about when you are getting uh, like 1000 traffic or 1000 users or 1000 paid users a month, then you should uh, start thinking about protecting your content because you are going famous now. Right. I think, I mean, that makes sense. So if you're starting, you heard it for your first, there's no point in trying to protect videos before you have any traffic. <laughs> I see a lot of that people kind of like putting the, the cart before the whole, the cart before the horse, as it were, trying to get everything ready to go before they show it to anybody. And then they spend all this money on protection and Amazon SES or Amazon or Amazon web services and all of that stuff. And then nobody visits their site. It happens all too often. Jonathan? Yes, yeah, so what are some of the other features of Tutor that you're the most proud of that you think gives um, the best um, functionality to your user base? Okay, so I think the multi-instructor uh, multi feature for TutorLMS is uh, very helpful to the users because oftentimes when you have a big team or you are trying to work for professional products, some people develop or edit the videos. Some people work on the transcripts. Some people work on the text-based lessons or like for PDF guides or everything. So you have six or seven people working on the same course. So if you have multiple people uh, access to the course, they can uh, upload their content and work simultaneously. So they can collaborate for the uh, one single course or one same course. So for the multiple instructors working on the same course, that is also helpful. And if you want to have one instructor for one course or one person maintaining one course, that is also helpful. And as we have a front-end interface, so if people want to build a WASP platform, website as a service, or like uh, they want to allow their friends to use their website, they don't need to give them back-end access or WordPress admin access. They can handle everything from WordPress front-end and with our front-end interface. And uh, for other e-learning solutions, uh, they have e-commerce integrations with third-party plugins like WooCommerce or some other things, those are very complicated to integrate because you have to create a product, then tag it to the course and also tag the course to the product. So that's a very complicated process. But from our front end, you don't need to create any product or connect any product or anything. Everything happens in the back end. You just set a price and the configured plugin in the back end will do everything in the background. So I think these three steps or these three key features are very important or what it sets Tutor LMS apart from any other competitors in the market. Thank you. So I think we're going to go for our break. And after the break, when we come back, uh, Sikander told me before we started that he really wants to talk about building a community and, and the steps that you can take if you're uh, building a community or at least starting your business That and, and why building a community is important. So we're going to take our break and we'll be right back. Are you a WordPress consultant, designer, or small digital agency owner? 
Then you need WPTonic as your trusted white label developer partner for your next big e-learning or WooCommerce project. WPTonic has the knowledge to help you build out custom functionality that your clients need in LearnDash, Lifter LMS, and WooCommerce. WPTonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with a full, no question asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Find out how WPTonic's white label services can help your agency today. Go to wp-tonic.com's homepage and book a free consultation with Jonathan. That's wp-tonic, just like the podcast. And welcome back. We are going to start, we're going to take a little bit of a shift. Uh, Sikander has mentioned to me that he is very, uh, or he's very experienced in building online and digital communities around businesses and products. And we're going to ask him why that's important. And secondly, how you actually go about that. So Sikander, why is having an online community super important? Why is it not enough to just have a product or just have a course? Why do you, why is the community aspect important? Okay. In the first place, when you start working or start developing a product or start studying for a product, let's say even if you have a big team, 40 or 50 people, you are limited to that team and you are limited to the knowledge of the 40 or 50 people. 40 and 50 people team is not that much small and not everyone can afford a 40, 50 people team, right? So even if you have a big team, still you are limited to them. But if you have a community or if you have a common space like a forum or Reddit thread or like a Facebook group, then you have access to thousands of people. And in many cases, for hundreds and thousands of people, let's say WooCommerce or let's say Jetpack, the common plugins, they have hundreds and thousands of users. So your data gets increased. You have a bigger set of data access to and you have bigger sets of problems access to. So this is how you begin your study for a product or this is how you start planning for your product. So if you have a community or if you have a place to go to, then you are not working alone or you are not limited to that 40 or 50 people in your area or in your country or in your locality. This is the first point. And on the second point, when you start selling, traditionally what people do, they start doing Google AdWords or they start advertising in other sites. And to some extent, people go to Product Hunt or to TechCrunch. So even if you go to those bigger sites and go to for paid advertising and start building content and start getting audience, Still, you are limited to people, to those keywords. Still, you are limited to those sites and you have to spend a lot. Even if you are developing content in-house or even if you are posting to external sites like Product Hunter TechCrunch because you always end up paying someone, right? So those are paid channels. But if you go to a community, no one is going to ask you for money if you post something uh, there for a Facebook group. We, got, uh, we found a lot of Facebook groups that do not charge any money and they let you promote your product or you can just uh, promote your product in exchange of affiliate commission. And that is not that too much and you don't have to pay them upfront. If you make any sales, then only you pay the affiliates. If you do not make any sales, you don't have to pay a penny. This is a very crucial part for company starting or product starting because you do not have any money upfront because you are already paying to the developers. You are already spending a hell lot of money to pay the salaries. And then you find shortage in the marketing costs or you might end up spending too much money in the marketing and you might not be able to pay the developers, which happened in my case. I couldn't pay my developers and I had to stop my company. So these are the common mistakes and these are the uh, common help you get from the community when you're developing your product or when you start selling your product. And at this point, if you stop and if you do not build a community for your own products or you do not build or if you do not build a community of your users for your products, you get 
stopped or stuck within those communities or the customers of your product. So you, you are not getting any new fans or you are not getting any feedback to improve the product or you don't get to know the problems because even if you are going to have a customer support portal or you communicate through emails or forums, those people are coming one by one and the other users don't know what problems other users are facing. So if they're discussing everything in a uh, open space or they have access to the products, then they can uh, communicate with each other and they can vote for the problems and you know the depth of the problems or how many people are going through those problems. So those also helps you. Thank you. The the dog obviously wants to he wants to get some words in <laughs> in the background Ooh. there. He's like, I want to help. I want to be part of the community. I, I remember when when we were get first getting started out, the the community aspect, we have a Facebook group. And we tried to get as many people as possible into that Facebook group as kind of like a first line support. And it's a wonderful thing because you you essentially offload a lot of support that you have to do onto your community. It allows other people to help other people without you essentially having to monitor it, uh, which is a super huge benefit, especially if you're on a small team and you're handling a significant number of support tickets. Uh, and you mentioned about going to other people's communities as well. And that's something that I was totally guilty of uh, the first time or a year ago. I just go to other people's communities and talk to the whoever the group owner was, the group moderator, say like, hey, listen, I got this thing and I'd love to share it with your audience. Here's an affiliate link. And I did that with several people uh, to, to, to moderate success. So super valuable, uh, super valuable advice there to anybody who has yet to launch their product or is in the process of launching their product. And you need to find some new life or you need to find a new audience to share. Go find other people's audiences and give them affiliate link and then write a post. So that's all well and good. And that's, you know, a lot of great reasons for why community is important, why you should have one. Part of the problem that mo the reason most people don't have communities is because they don't know how to put one together. <laughs> so what, what would you recommend as starting points in order to actually start building a community and getting people in there? And then probably the most, the hardest part is because you can have a community with a thousand people in it, but it's not going to do any, you know, any good unless people are active within it. So two-part question, how do you get people in there in the first place? And then how do you make sure that they're actually active? They're posting, they're commenting, they're interacting with content. What do you do to, to make that happen? Okay, even if it's for our own group or even the content is for an external group, I don't uh, post anything random or post anything that I want to share or uh, I want them to know. I try to share things that they want to know. Not from my side. I try to always think from their side. And I also try to uh, involve with the communities. Let's say there is a community for WordPress beginners or beginner users. So I will try to help them with their uh, issues, even if it's not related to our product. So in this way, they know my name. They know that there is something called Sekanda. And he works with something. So this is how I try to build my own face value. And forums are still famous. So if you are going to have a forum on your own site, then you are getting... Uh, keywords and traffic and new content because those forum sites are also a new page. So you are going to have error messages on those uh, forums and people all, uh, often end up pasting the whole error message in Google. 
So you are getting traffic those uh, forum threads and you can maintain a community in your own website forum. And if you see that your users are going to Facebook or when you're promoting things on Facebook, people are interacting on Facebook, you can try having a Facebook group. Or you can uh, sometimes go to Reddit and see if people from Reddit are coming to uh, your channel or your thread or your Ask Me Anything thread. Uh, or you can go to Twitter and post something with a hashtag and see if people retweets or people finds it well. So there are multiple channels and you have to test and try that which channel works better or which channel has more traffic or which channel has interested people in our uh, product or our community. So... Uh, one channel might not fit everyone and all of the channels might not always work. So you always have to test and try and everything. And we always try to send traffic to uh, those channels. Like uh, Facebook group is a main thing for us. So we try to send all of our traffic to our Facebook group. We tell people via email that join our Facebook group. We tell people on Twitter that we have a Facebook group. We tell people from our landing pages, product pages, that we have a Facebook group. So all of our attention is focused on the Facebook group. So the best channel is working for us. So we try to uh, gather all the traffic there or all the crowd there in the one place. So it makes us easier for to maintain. And always the content has to be relevant to the users, what people want to see and what people... And there has to be space for people to speak and there has to be space for people to show their interest, put their input. It, can be a wall or it can be a dead end where people just know things and say, okay, you got something good, best of luck. And they move on. Not like that. So how do you, uh, you mentioned that you have to find out from your users actually what they want to hear, which I, which I think is probably some of the best advice from, from today. Uh, build, build or give people what they want, not what you want necessarily, right? Because your job as an entrepreneur is and a product developer and a product person is to deliver and solve problems that your customers have, not the ones that you have. Uh, so how do you, uh, how do you ask or how do you find out what it is that your customers are struggling with? Do you act, do you just ask? Like, do you make a poll? Like what specifically step-by-step process do you use in order to get feedback from your customers so you can create good content? Okay, so my contents are not that good content or bad content. Sometimes it's just one single line. Sometimes it's a very long paragraph saying that this, 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 this is what we are planning. And if you can help us finalizing those or prioritizing those, or we have a Trello board where you can vote for features and we can also update you about which can be done earlier and which can be done later. So there we have some like fill in the gaps. So there are some gaps that users can fill up. So this is where they start gathering and this is where they start speaking. And also we always have emails going up and people are requesting us for features. Let's say there's a new plugin called Wishlist, Wishlist members. So uh, two or three people asked us that uh, there's a new plugin in AppSumo named Wishlist and we want integration for that. So I thought uh, as three people recommended, there could be five more people that might be interested. So I can just go and ask uh, would you like to have an integration for Wishlist? Or uh, we are planning for Oxygen uh, Builder integration. So how do you want this to work? We want to break everything and make everything from scratch? Or would you want to, us to have a ready-made template and uh, start with that? So this is the place they put their input. And this is the place they say, oh, no, we don't want uh, Oxygen Builder. We want Elementor Builder or something. So we get another topic to talk about. Then we start talking about Elementor that there is an existing solution for TutorLMS. So how can we make it better? So they start working. So we always have a starting point from emails or for feature requests or from any other comments or any other products. Then we continue from there. So even if here, you can see that people are always helping us to start with a new topic, start with a new feature or start with a new discussion. It's all uh-huh. people. It's all people. Uh, we have a few minutes left to wrap up. Jonathan, you want to get any final questions in? 
Yeah, sure. Um, so obviously, um, how popular is WordPress in your part of the world, basically? Obviously, WordCamp Asia had to be cancelled, unfortunately, for obvious reasons. But what what is the state of the WordPress community in general in your part of the world? Okay, I'm from Dhaka, Bangladesh, and you can look up what Dhaka. We had it last year, and this was the first ever WordCamp uh, in our country, and all of the organizers have never arranged a WordCamp in Bangladesh, in our country. So uh, uh, some of us work outside Bangladesh, and some of us uh, arranged local meetups, but we ended up uh, selling 800 tickets within just 12 minutes. So there was wow. 800 attendees, and they bought tickets within 12 minutes. And we couldn't uh, allow more people as it was our first WordCamp. And WordCamp Central uh, wanted to allow just two or 300 people. But we had like more than uh, 1,500 people interested in those uh, uh, WordCamp. So we ended up having a WordCamp with, uh, including volunteers, everyone, 1,000 users. But there were more than that. At least uh, there are like 22,000 people in WordPress Dhaka group. WordPress Bangladesh group. So we have around like 25 or 26,000 people in Bangladesh and most of them are developers. If you look up developers from Bangladesh or uh, statistics for developers from Bangladesh, we are standing in the third position after United States and India. Bangladesh has the largest developer community. Wow. So basically it's exploded. Um, we better wrap it up and continue that part of the discussion in our bonus content, Adrian. Do you want to wrap up the show? Yeah, so, uh, Sikander, where can people find out more about you, what you're up to, and where can they find uh, how about about how to join your Facebook community? Okay, TutorLMS uh, link is facebook.com slash groups slash TutorLMS, and you can easily find it, or you can just Google TutorLMS, and you can uh, email us, or you can uh, knock us in Themium Facebook page or Themium t- uh, Twitter page, anywhere. You can just ask us, and we will send you the link. Nothing to worry about. And uh, is too so Tutor LMS is a is there is a free version correct? Yes, it's available in WordPress.org, and today we crossed the five thousand users mark. We have five thousand active installs today. That's awesome. I'd love you know. I wish I would wake up up to five thousand active installations. That'd be a fun day. That's uh, John- a very small number. That's I mean, a very small number. I well, you know, if like thirty percent of those are like premium, then it's not such a small number anymore. Uh, Jonathan, how can few people uh, interact with you? And do you have a community? Well, me, um, no. Um, we need um, we need to discuss that. But obviously, a Facebook group would be great. Um, it's just um, moderating it. But I should um, get should probably get that. on that. Yes, really, yes, we should do. <laughs> Maybe we can discuss that, Adrian. But the main thing, folks, if you really want to support the show, is to go to the WP website, join our monthly newsletter that has been revamped. Um, in the next week, we're going to make it a lot easier for you to join the newsletter as, as well. But if you can do that, join, um, one, download one of my lead magnets and you'll be automatically be able to join our monthly newsletter where we're going to have um, all kind of WordPress stories that I've chosen. Um, also, the recommendation from the panellists from our roundtable show, the key recommendations will be listed in the newsletter. So there's going to be a lot of resources and new resources in the newsletter during this year. Um, Over to you, Adrian. So if you want to uh, find out about how you can 
uh, start building a list, building your email marketing list. So, so you too can send out newsletters. Uh, then you can head on over to groundhogwith2gs.io uh, to download our free plugin in the WordPress repository uh, that will allow you to build lists, create sales funnels, and send out emails to your subscribers. Uh, and there's actually, we have a Tutor LMS integration. So if you're using Tutor LMS and you want a deep integration, uh, with your email marketing platform, uh, then we have an integration for Groundhog and Tutor LMS. Uh, you can also find about more about that on the website. So thank you everybody for listening and stick around for bonus content. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.